on views from the bench i'm happy to have skylar smutek how you doing good man thanks for having me love to be here yeah awesome so one of the great things is and i, I i'm happy to have you on right now because you're gonna be my first actual like player to come on and talk about hockey and you were even a coach uh you uh we first met when you you, you came on campus at marion and then that summer, um, you became an instructor of mine at some of the hockey factory camps and elite training programs. And I know you helped out in some of the teams and things like that, too. So I'm excited to have you because you have that coaching background. Uh, you also do lessons and instructions for kids like that. But in addition to do that, you do a lot of work with uh, still playing the game right now, which I think is, is something we're going to touch on as far as, um, you know, how coaching has helped you to playing. So um, just super excited to have you and uh you know just I'm, I'm happy to dive into some of these questions absolutely so uh one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to be doing a lightning round now we started this with coach mckeg uh yesterday and a lot of people seem to enjoy it so what we're going to do is the lightning round it's a series of about 10 11 questions we're only looking for one word answers to get to know you better as a person Okay. Uh, and uh, you okay. don't have to elaborate on them. If you want to, good. If not, don't worry, but we're just trying to rip through these questions as fast as possible, all right? Sure, yeah, sounds good. All right, so is cereal a soup? No. <laughs> what is your nickname? Smoots. Favorite youth coach? Uh, Gary Haight. First coach? Oh, Tony Lindemann with beginners, I think. <laughs> Name one NHL player you think you can beat one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, man. <laughs> None right now. Right now, though. <laughs> All right. Who wins one-on-one, -on -one, Crosby or Ovechkin? Uh, Crosby. Best NHL D of all time? Uh, or. Okay. Ten breakaway attempts on Patrick Wall on his prime. How many do you score? One. I'm getting one, one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you like better, Miley Cyrus or One Direction? Oh, <laughs> I guess Miley. <laughs> and then what's your favorite rink you've ever played in? Uh, anyone in Seattle, for sure. What, I mean, how many rinks do they have in Seattle? Not many, man. They're building one right now. I don't know like a, too much information about it, obviously, with everything going on. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the process of being built. So I think that would make it like seven or eight in the, the whole like area, greater Seattle area. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I mean, we're done with the lightning round, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, when you said any ring it's I was like, wow. Like, you know, it's one of those things like, uh, I mean, you grew up, I mean, you, you played quite a bit of hockey in Washington. Yeah, definitely. Mostly uh, we were playing Canadian teams. Yep. So we would go, it was only two and a half hours to the border. So we'd go up there and get spanked by them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then we'd go down and then we don't have to play in our district was the California teams and the Alaska mm -hmm. teams. So they would rough us up pretty good too. So uh, it sucked back then, but I mean, looking now back now, it was good for development, you know? Oh yeah. I, I always, you know, we, we talk about this on the show quite a bit is that you don't have to play on the best teams to, yeah. to develop. And um, you know, especially like we talk about with goalies, like, you know, if you're on a mediocre team, see 60 shots a game, that's fantastic. Uh, great. Great. Yeah. But the other thing too, we talked, we we've touched on before is is being the best player on a team that's mediocre. I mean, like I've seen it all the time with guys that you know that have played D one or D three hockey or professional that have that they purposely don't let their kids go and play on the top teams. They they hold them back and maybe play in a little bit lower leagues because yeah. I mean we talked about it when you were an instructor uh, with the hockey factories. We just started because when you were with us, we had just started getting into the whole what matters most for development. And I know you were big on puck possession ice time and things like that and mm -hmm. um you know and 
I guess that's if you want to. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I mean, you said you got spanked a lot, but like, I'm talking to me about your youth experience. And I mean, yeah. you were obviously one of the better players. And I mean, being on some of those teams and being the best player obviously helped you a ton, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, every anyone I'm coaching now, they come to me and ask the question, you know, where should I play this team or th that team? You know, I, the first thing I ask is how much ice time, you know, or you think you're going to get because if you're on the cool team and not playing a lot and the high, that's a top team, which is I hear a lot. Yeah. I want to be on this team. It, it's not good for development at all. And I've seen countless players and stories. I play with this guy. He stayed down a year, played double A, and then came back with us triple A the next year, and we were, it wasn't even close to the same player. Cause yeah. he was down getting the, he had the puck on his stick for 35 minutes of the game, you know, right. <laughs> As opposed to somebody that's sitting on the, if he would have sat on the bench all year. Um, mm -hmm. So it's tough for guys to, to take that. Obviously I know, but um, we were cutting three kids from, from our tryouts in Seattle. Yeah. And then we go down to, you know, LA and hear about their 400 kid, you know, tryout or whatever. And we ended up having on, on the youth team where before all of us went off and did our own thing, like, we had um, three Division One guys, I think, ended up. You know, we were getting spanked because it was us and a bunch of other, you know, guys that, that weren't going to be at that level. But mm -hmm. it still produced three Division One guys. One guy made it to the A, um, you know, and this is all us, you know, getting hammered on all the time, right? And so yeah. it taught us lessons that maybe super teams aren't teaching you at a younger age, I would imagine. Yep. Um, and, yeah, we were just playing all the time and, and learning – you know, adversity and going through it. I had an old coach that was always talking about, you have to go through it first. It's hard to just be taught something yep. or you get into it and it, and it happens to you, the easier you're going to come up on it. So. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, those are, you made two awesome points here. And that's one of the things I always, I mean, I, I, I strive to tell kids uh, around September, October, when, when our, our kids have tryouts and they don't make that A team or they don't make that B team. And they're, and they're on a team that, you know, they that wasn't what their goal was. Right. Um, and then you, you try to tell that the kid about the, the benefits of being on that other team. And um, as you just elaborated on, like getting down a, a level and then instead of having the puck on your stick for 10 minutes a game, now you have it for 35, like, mm -hmm. like you're going to be exponentially better. And, and parents put too much sometimes, and kids do too, put too much emphasis on being on the cool team instead of the right team. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that parents should be looking at when they're going to tryouts and things like that. Like, could my kid make that team? Of course he could. Yeah. But what spot is he going to be on that team? And is that spot he's going to be on it, is that going to help him develop? Right. You, know, you see kids go through that question all the time in Wisconsin with high school hockey and JV. Like, well, my kid, you know, he could make the varsity team and be on fourth line, but see five minutes a game. Or he can be on the JV team and see 35 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, yeah, the players surrounding him aren't going to be the same. But the thing is, like you just said, like in my opinion, there's two things that matter for development. One is time on ice, right? Because if you're on the bench, you're not getting better. No, no. Yep. And the second thing is time with the puck, right? Yeah. Like those two things, that's what's going to make you better. It doesn't matter if you're playing at the A level, B level, or C level. And I think that um, – and then the other thing that you brought up that I thought was like, you know, really important is the lessons you learn when you lose and you're, you're, you're taught it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, how many times you, you tell a kid something? Like, I mean, I remember talking to you about this quite a bit at these camps. Like we can, you know, like it's like we, we we're sitting there telling kids like, Oh, how don't you get this, man? We what, have dealt it. help you, man. <laughs> I've demoed it 15 times. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden the kid, he does it himself. And then he's able to learn from it. Like we can teach you all day or tell you how to do it. But, 
it's up to you to like once you learn how to do it like and go through that process like i mean that's that's what that's what makes you a better person that's what makes you a better totally. totally. Like that. and that's also why i'm i'm happy to have you on this this interview here is because you have an unbelievable story um you know and i hate to say it because sometimes people think it's a bad word but to call you a suitcase i mean it's, <laughs> yeah it's yeah i'm it's, trying to rework the uh the the bad stigmas on that you know right yeah. i just see more dra hockey dressing rooms than than any <laughs> other guy right so <laughs> positives right and that's something that i you know if you're going to take away anything from me in this just try to turn anything bully yourself into thinking that it's, you could turn anything into a positive yep. yeah so yep. there's one way to to look at it and and yeah, that helps out a lot. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I hear all these guys, they, they want it to happen now and parents, especially now. And, and that's the other thing, like it's no rush or, or sprint, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the tortoise and the hare had a big effect on me as a kid. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if your goal is to play at a certain level, like you, 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 it's okay to, to make that your future goal, you know, five years down the road, it doesn't have to be right now, you know? Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, and that's where it's awesome because I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna let you take it away from here. But your story of of you know after juniors to where you're at now is in my mind it's remarkable. It's incredible. It's something that yeah. it's like a, it shows perseverance, like the never give up side of it. That's why I'm excited for you to to be on to share this with. And I'm hoping some kids are on listening to it right now. But just give me the the background of your playing career after juniors. Okay, yeah. So uh, my last year of junior, I committed uh, D1 to the University of Connecticut. Um, so I, I show up. Well, actually, it's like three weeks before I got there. I got a phone call and it says, okay, sorry, you're, you're actually in, ineligible to play. Um, so freshman year, I couldn't practice. I couldn't play with the team. I was just kind of hanging out, going to school. Yeah. Uh, I was going through some in, some hip stuff then too. Um, but I, I, uh, I ended up playing five games for the ACHA team there. Just kind of... Yeah. The coaches were like, you know, just go stay in shape. And I and so I went to a few practices and played, but I mostly stopped playing because I just I, my body wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so then sophomore year, we came back and I was able to play again. But uh, being injured and not being able to practice all year, you know, when I was 21, I was yeah, whatever, I'll just hop, you know, right back into things. Well, it doesn't work like that, really. So it, there was a, there was some times, hard times where I was, you know, pushing myself and, and had to get sort of back into shape and, and relearn a few things and. Uh, unfortunately, that taught me a few lessons that I was going to draw upon in the future as well, because uh, I only played that one year at UConn. And then after that, I transferred to Stevens Point and Marion because I just I was I was not able to play yet. My uh, my hips just weren't ready. Uh, there were some things that happened. And and yeah, I was I spent the better part of, you know, four years of, the, of my college years just rehabbing and and trying to figure out what was wrong, you know, mm -hmm. so. Um, finally, they figured it out after I had already graduated. Uh, the, the year I went home from Mary and I had one more surgery. Um, and so that kind of left me with uh, where I'm at today. So which was which was nice, obviously, to find mm -hmm. out. Cause, um, I was going to all these doctors for a while and they, they're like, we don't know what it is or why you're still in pain. And, and then you start to get to the people saying, well, you're just making it up or or, you know, th anything like that. Right. Yeah. So um, it was pretty intense, but like I said, those those lessons I learned early on at UConn from from getting back were the stuff that I drawed upon and and were able to help me get through it. So, correct me if I'm wrong here. So, you you have played, uh, and a lot of people don't they don't get all the um, the sure. level of hockey, but you played Division One ACHA hockey. Yep, uh, I think it was Division Two. I, I think D two, whatever, same thing. Yeah, ACHA. 
you've played Division One NCAA. Yep. And then Division Three NCAA. Yeah, only the three games there yeah. at Stevens Point, but still, I I got yeah. all all the tiers in college hockey. So I was gonna yeah. say you probably are one of the only. I mean, I I actually there is one other guy I can think of off the top of my head that I think pulled that off, and he was right. another American player. But right. um, uh, you're one of the few people I think can ever say. I played all of it. I played. <laughs> right, yeah, right. That's, kind of thing, that's what, that was kind of thing early on. You know, when it first happened, I was taking the negative road. Like, why is yeah. this happening to me? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was okay. Well, I've played at all three levels. Like, who else can say that? You know, yeah. and so that's just a, a, a one way of looking at it. Obviously, um, for me too, it was interesting because a lot of people look at the the elite prospects and they see the the ACHA the first year, yeah. and they're like, oh my gosh, like he made the jump from ACHA division one. And it's like, well, that's not exactly what happened. Yeah. Right? I was committed D one. And then I just played there just kind of to, to do it or whatever. So um, that, and that would be remarkable there yeah. <laughs> for sure. But well, I, I will tell you though, that's one of the things about ACHA hockey and, 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 and judging from your career and, and what you've done, you're one of those people that I, you know, just judging from your, your playing history that, it doesn't really like for it doesn't really matter if it's ACHA D1 or D3 you just love playing the game yeah and and that's that is the biggest thing that i think i want people to take away from this is that you you had your setbacks you had your people that told you no but like the thing is you just love playing the game yeah absolutely and it, and it took I, I always knew that but i didn't know the extent until this started happening obviously that's that's a cliche that i try to stay with you don't know or stay away from you don't know right how much you love something until it's taken but i mean it's true like i knew i loved it all the time obviously yeah. right like you have to 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 get to those levels but then when when it's gone i was like i couldn't even watch nhl man it was yeah. tough like it, i just it was too it was heartbreaking you know so um yeah man for sure that's definitely a huge side of it and that's what i'm that's the first thing i'm looking for with the kids yeah. which one of these kids loves it the most because yeah that's the one that's gonna just find a way and make Absolutely. it happen you know right so yeah, and that's the thing is like, you know, and like, you know, you play like when you got sent, you know, to down to play in the ACHA team, like you didn't say no. Like, that's the thing that I think is, and if you're a coach and things like that, that's one of the things I think players need to realize. Like, you didn't tell your coach, no, I'm I'm not, I'm not going there. You, you were like, okay, I'm going to go there, get better, improve, and be back for next season. Yeah, right. Don't get me wrong. I was not happy about the situation. Yeah. Right. And there's and obviously being 21, you're like, oh, I'm better than this, blah, 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 blah. Right. But um, you're right. The, the the overall mentality I would always swing back to is like, oh, OK, well, we'll show you in a couple of years then. All right. That's what's happening right now. But that's not what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And I think I developed that, too, from just watching a bunch of guys get drafted into the WHL mm-hmm. and the USHL and the NA and all these drafts were going on. And I was a little late puberty wise and I hadn't grown really yet or thick. I was really skinny. And I remember just sitting back going, okay, we'll just, we're just going to see, you know, yeah. hold on here, you know? Right. So um, it's interesting to see those stats too. And I know this gets tossed around, but honestly, like how many of those guys end up sticking? So, and, and it's just crazy too. Cause it's just, for me, it's, it's, there's a, a, a very clear thing where, they get so the guys that get drafted might shut it down a little bit, and then there's the guys that don't get drafted, and then they're like, "What?" You know, and then they get after it that whole yeah. summer, and then it's like, you know, you can change your, you can be a completely different player from one summer. I've seen it happen. I've done it, and like, if you do that and you put in the work every single day, you can show up and, and just be a different player. So, oh yeah, like <clears throat> we were doing a webinar for Waha just recently, 
And there was a stat that came out that there's, I think there's like 47 Division One hockey players that were playing D1 last year from Wisconsin. Only 14 of those players were drafted in the USHL draft. You know, yeah, exactly. one of the early indications of, of, you know, talent and things like this. Not the indication, it's just an early indication. Yeah, indication. right. And I, I love that stat because only 14, right? Right. And to those other kids that didn't, like, they didn't just, like, they didn't quit. They just yeah, said, they hit the wrong, you know, yeah. right. And yeah, that's, what, that's what I love too. Yeah. You want to see the kids who are like, that fires you up, right? Like I'll tell you, I never got drafted. I don't think I even like, I don't even think I was on anyone's radar ever. Right. right? Like, like I think I was, I think if I, if my mom, you know, my mom would, you know, she'd always be like, you know, trying to encourage me to keep going. But it's the thing. It's like, you see it. Like, and you're like, why aren't I getting it? And I tell you what, it feeds you. Right. And yeah. Feeds, I was, I'm happy now that it happened. Yeah. Honestly. Like I'm happy for the, the the hardships now. It sucked going through a lot of it, but it, 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 it yeah, it teaches you a lot. And you going through it that I wasn't, you know, I'd heard all this stuff a million times for cliche yeah. after cliche, but you don't understand it until you go through it. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is like it's not just like the kid who gets sent down from the varsity to the JV or college to uh, college to ACHA, but there's also the kids that like they get cut too and they go down and they think, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world, like and. You know, you, you tell kids so many like times, like, and um, you use the analogy of like your coffee career is a runway. Like, you want your runway super long, right? Right. Yep. People don't realize that they think they might be the near of their end. You know, peewees, like, you're not even, you haven't even started your runway yeah. yet, man. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're barely, you're, you're like, you're still taxiing the runway, buddy. Like, you love <laughs> the dedication of these parents and, and the yeah. players at that age, but like, it's, you, it's not going to make or break anything that yeah. one season, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So, so then after you got done with college, give me your professional career, where you're at now, where you started, and kind of how you got there. Yeah, for sure. So after marrying the 2016 2017 season, I was just home. I had the the surgery there, and then it was the the season after that. Um, I went to camp with the the now defunct Mississippi River Kings. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was the like legit last player cut of that. So once again, here I am, you know, back to it, it, a lot of the things when it when it repeats, it's like, OK, I've, I've been through this before, so I can do it again. You know, and that's mm -hmm. kind of been the mindset. Um, I went down to play in the, the federal league and I was there for like two and a half, three weeks. And then luckily enough, one of the guys that went to Stevens Point with me was in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of that's how it, that's oftentimes how it happens a lot in pro hockey. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, this guy knows this guy, at least at the lower levels. Right. So. Um, so they, I, I was in there and I was, uh, I played 29 games for them in the 17, 18 season. Um, I was once again, one of the last players cut right before playoffs. They go on to win <laughs> the whole thing. So that, that hasn't, you know, that still sing, stings a little bit, but you know, I'm trying to look at the whole big picture. A lot of times yeah. I'm just happy to be there, you know, and then that set me up to say, okay, well, I did play on this championship team yeah. my first year back playing you know, first year pro at 27 years old. So mm -hmm. I feel like that gave me a nice base just in the future for now these other years, because then the next year uh, I was recruited to go to the Quad City Storm and played 40 games uh, for them. Yeah. And so then unfortunately playing on either of those two teams or Quad City and Peoria, you play each other 16 times during the year. So that sucked then because we did a lot of losing, but the coach from Peoria, that's how he saw me because we played him so much. Yeah. That's how I ended up uh, in Peoria there this year and, and it was awesome man. i've never played on a team uh that, that was that good probably we just had unreal coaching and everyone bought in and 
And uh, I don't know, I forget what exactly our record was. I don't like to, I'm trying to turn the page because yeah. I really think we were, we were going to win, you know, yeah. like I don't think anyone was going to get in the way. So, um, so yeah, it, it was good, man. It was, it was, it was a nice time to finally, like, I, I wasn't really playing a big role the other two years. Mm -hmm. I was kind of there and, and maybe mm -hmm. asked to fight or, or be in every scrum or, or whatever it was. Yeah. You know? And so this year I was, I played that role at times during the, during this year because we had a, a decor that was just absolutely stacked too. And, and a lot of guys were getting called up into the ECHL and back. So there'd be times where I was in the top pair and there'd be times where I was a seventh D man, you know, just, just getting in and brawling guys and stuff. Yeah. But you kind of figure out, obviously you just do whatever you can do to stick around and, and stay there for as long as you can. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm hoping to get out of that role a little yeah. bit, obviously. I know, I know my personality, it's going to happen, but obviously, uh, I, I unfortunately was uh, like third or fourth in the league in, in PIMS this year. And I'm just looking at that. If I didn't have all those penalty minutes, how many points would I have? You know, that's a lot of time in the penalty box, <laughs> right? So trying to cut down on that and kind of go a different route. But you, like I said, you got to do what you got to do to stick around, you know, at the beginning. And I was out of shape, man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like I said, only one year of college. Um, after the practices in Huntsville, I would go home and sleep for like three and a half hours because I was just gassed. Yeah. And it didn't matter if it was, you know, a light practice or not. It's the wear and tear of the season, you know, yeah. like I was in shape. I could play one game that day, but the difference is, is the guys that can come back and do it every single day at that high intense speed. Right. And so that's something I'm still working to mm -hmm. get back, you know, shaking off a lot of that rust. So, yeah, uh, that's one of the things, too, that it's, it's been a big topic and something we've talked about a lot and uh, probably almost to death on this show has been um getting coaches done and not just coaches to change the roles of players on the team to help them develop. But most importantly, we've been trying to tell skaters out there is that <clears throat> your role on teams change. Yeah. Really, your, your ability to, to adapt uh, is going to be the, you know, the, the, the defining characteristic if you stay on that team or not, like yeah. you're not going to go from BAM double A scoring 50 goals to your varsity hockey team and be in that same top six role. It's rare. Um, rare. We try to tell kids and coaches at the younger levels, like, you know, teach that 50 goal score in Bantams, teach him how to block shots, play PK. Because yeah. the moment he transitions to high school, he's not going to be in that top six role for like no. until maybe his junior year. So if he wants to play those freshman, sophomore years, what he needs to do is, is find a spot on that team. And it's clearly yeah. like, uh, clearly you were part of that, right? Talk, can you talk to me a little bit about the roles that you had to kind of, that you went through from year to year and it's like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you're there. Right? Yeah. That's kind of the thing has been fighting the stigma is like, I, I know this is where I was last year, but mm -hmm. I had a lot of time off and I'm, I'm taking this really seriously. So I'm going home in off season and I'm, I, I want to get better. And that's my mm -hmm. only focus. I'm super fortunate uh, to have parents that are super supportive right now. Yeah. And they're all in on this goal that I have with me too. So, so that's part of it, you know, but yeah, it, it, I, I started out in Huntsville, um, and, and they were like, they legitimately said, we don't think our blue line is tough enough right now or whatever. So we want you to be in every scrum basically, you know? And, and when I finally did fight like my third or fourth game, it was like, okay, yeah, it's about time, you know, type yeah. thing. Like, nice job. Right. And so you're like, you quick, oh, okay. I, I figure out, I, I know what I have to do here. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's being self-aware too. Like a lot of these guys that I was playing with, uh, you know, where I was at, it's not five years ago for me, yeah. you know, right? So I had to kind of swallow a little pride and be like, okay, well, right now, and it's, then it's the same thing. I'm like, okay, when I was 17, looking at the dub players, 
I'm like, dude, I'm, I have a ways to go, <laughs> you know, right? And so that was kind of the, the thing at Huntsville. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm here and that's awesome and everything, but I, I, I need to get to work this summer, yeah. right? So. Yeah, that's the thing is like, and that's the other thing too, is that sometimes it's good to have some self-reflection. And we tell kids during this COVID-19 kind of safer at home time, it's a great time to reflect, right? Yeah. A great time to, um, you know, to one, we always, I always tell the kids, focus on things you can control, focus on yourself too. But, you know, like it doesn't hurt sometimes to look over that fence, right? And look at the kid next door and say like, yeah, he is good. And this is, and if I want to be there, what parts of my game do I have to work on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love benchmarks going to, when I would go to these camps, uh, I went to, a, I played in the BCHL, but I went to a BCHL camp like 16 yeah. or 17. Same thing. It's like, holy I got to get to work. And it's that realization of like, okay, I, I believe I can do this. Mm -hmm. I just have to put the enough work in to where I'm at that level that these guys are at. Cause you know, uh, unfortunately a lot of the game these days is just who's in better shape man. <laughs> you know, like obviously there's your outliers of guys that yeah. have your high end skill. And I feel like uh, uh, the, the small amount of skill that I have kept me able to like hop back into it, yeah. but it's mostly like, if you can just do this shift, you know, harder and faster than this guy over and over and over again, day after day after day, week after week, you're going to stick event, you know, because a lot of times, like, you know, it's consistency that these guys want. And that was what I struggled with. And it ultimately got me released a lot of times is because it wasn't, I don't think it was a mental consistently thing. I was, I was giving you everything that my body had, you know, had shaken the rust off, right. Yeah. How I felt about it, you know, cause yeah, it's not like I would dog it at any time. Right. So. Yeah, and that's what uh, Coach McCaig and, and Coach Berger have said in their interviews, like what separates players. Like it's no player goes out there and says, I'm going to give you 90% today. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I, in all my years of coaching, I, you know, maybe a kid has done it to me. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. pulled it out. But I've never walked into a game and seen a player go, yeah, you know what, today, I don't, I don't think I'm going to try. Like, nah, you know, like, I don't feel it. Yeah, well, so, you might feel that way, but you're going to do things to trick yourself into, into giving everything, or at least yeah. you have to at this level. And so like, I'm not saying it's not, there isn't any mental to it. There's actually a lot. It's mostly mental. That's yeah. another thing that I realized that, uh, I wasn't working on enough. I was working on my body all those years with my hip. It wasn't doing enough of the mental training. Yeah. So that's something that I'm starting to incorporate a lot more now because you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it, 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 some days you don't have it, but yeah, you're right. There's not, no kids are showing up and I don't, I just don't want to do this. There's a few obviously, but interesting quote. I don't know where it came from, but, uh, I think it's from, I believe it's from like the Navy SEALs and they talk about not, you don't, you sink to the level of your training. There's yeah. no, like, you're not just gonna, oh, I'm going to beast mode this yeah. you become a beast by putting in the work all summer. And you're only it when times are hard, they sink to their training level. Yeah. You know, and, and I got that firsthand in Huntsville because it's like I showed up in like the third game or something. I absolutely rocked somebody. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Uh, I didn't get a big hit for like, you know, three, four weeks after that. <laughs> felt like, right, because I was still catching up playing that catch up game. Right. Yeah. That's a great that's a great analogy there like about sinking to your ear because that's it's all that's also incorporates how prepared you are and that's what we talk to kids about is like you know when, you, when you're going to tryouts and when you're playing on teams like you can't just like you can't just beast mode at a tryout and expect it's to make not gonna it happen yeah yeah you need to like it in order to to be a better hockey player and develop and um even for coach to be a better coach like, you have to be prepared right like yeah if you're a coach who just goes out there and wings things like you're not prepared you're not doing any like you know 
lesson planning or you're not doing any training to help you become a better coach or even a better hockey player, this is, that's what happens. You have people go, eh, that was an okay practice or, oh, like, you know, yeah. so, um, but give me life. Like what is a professional hockey player? Like what, you know, like, uh, can you give me a quick synopsis, um, about the different professional leagues? Sure. Yeah. I, I always explain it to people like baseball because, uh, you know, a lot of people understand that a little more. So you got the NHL is your quad a, yep. right. The, the American league would be your triple a ball. And then the ECHL was double A, obviously, and they and they use this term too. But uh, the SPHL then would be the single A, and I guess the high A, where the federal le- federal league might be considered the low A. I guess yep. you know, depending on who you ask, right? But I think this that's a pretty much generally uh, held regard. So mm-hmm. uh, what I've noticed from our league recently is it's got a lot better over the years, and most of the times it's your D three studs. And, and maybe your D1 guys that need a tiny bit more conditioning before they're ready for the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my scout of the league. You know, I'm, I don't know if that's right or not, but uh, that's kind of what I've seen anyways. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how, how it breaks down. The ESPY is a, I mean, the, the ESPY's a great league. I mean, like, yeah, um, it's better, man. It, five it's, years ago, there was, I think, so when the coast went down to 10 forwards, mm-hmm. you only have dressed 10 forwards. So that eliminates your third and further your fourth line wingers, right? Yep. So now that tenth forward is like your only meat stick. Basically, that was just guys there that are going to fight, and, and yep. they want to get away mm-hmm. from that and get it younger and get it faster and get it guys that are. And so, I mean, it, it, there's a ton of ice time available, but I, I mean, yeah. it's tough. I, I I play D for a reason because ten forwards, man, that's a lot of skating, dude. I don't know. You start to get appreciation for how good a shape some of these guys are in. That's going every almost every other shift at, at a forward, especially if you get into a PP PK situation. So, yeah, and that's the thing about the SPs. It's it's a it's a it's a high it's it's a very great league. I mean, I mean, it's one of the things where you look at even like Division three hockey, people discount it because oh, it's not D one, but like yeah, yeah. That, that's like five years ago now. You know, yeah, I definitely I think that that stigma's starting to go away for sure, yeah. and it's just because you're right, it's starting to become you know. I heard somebody last summer talking like there's D one guys getting released from teams yep. now. You know, it's not really uh whereas before if a D one guy went there, it was just you were just gonna be a stud no matter what, yeah. right? So And that's the thing is too, is it's it's uh it's it's the guys that wanna be there and stick around and that's the thing is like I love I love seeing like and I'm sure you've seen it in your day, uh, you know, uh, there's D three players that are better than D one players. I mean, oh, not, yeah. not all the time, but it's also one of those things where kids develop at different points in their career. I mean, like, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. I think I got, I, I did, I was, I 100% developed a ton in, in college. For sure. I think when I got past college and I was fortunately playing men's league hockey, I <laughs> kind of started to understand the game a little bit more. Yeah. So my mental, pro, my mental like was picking up like yeah. a ton. And then it, unfortunately, I mean, I graduated college at, I think it was 21. So like, I was still young. So when I hit, you know, my first men's league team at 22, I was still, I was still under, I didn't know the game even. For and sure. 23, 24, 25, I was, I fully understood the game. And I was like, wow, like my game just blew up. So like, and that's the thing is some guys they're playing at, you know, they peak early, they peak late, but then but in your case, like you, you peaked and then you're still going with it. You know, you haven't given up and now you're playing pro and then at 27, you're still going up. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. I, I, I don't, I'm super competitive, so I see, you know, football players, MLB mm-hmm. players, NHL players, and they're 40-something years old, right? 
And it's like, for me, it's like, okay, I know they're, that's, they're at that higher level. Right. But it's, yeah. I still turn it into a competition. Well, like, why can't I play till then? Yep. You know, right. Like, and, and, and so, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, a lot of guys stop playing because financially it's just yeah. not able to make it happen and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm able to, I, I don't see why I wouldn't, you know, keep trying to swing, swing the bat because you're right. Who's I've gotten better to, from 27 to 30. I've gotten yeah. better. Mm-hmm. So, so what, you know, and a lot of times it's like people try to discourage that and say, you know, well, it's going to take more work. All right. Well, what else am I doing right now? You, you know? Yeah. So I, this is the, the dream that I have. And I, and I, like you said, I love playing the game. So, um, and that, that's another thing. If you're going to take anything from me, man, don't, don't listen to anyone trying to tell you what you're going to do with your career. Yeah. You know, like if you want to do it, just do it. Like there, you can, and if you don't, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I tell guys that all the time, it can just be a for fun thing, you know? Right. But if you want to go and do it, just, just go, man. It's, it, it's something that if you just put in enough work and enough time, eventually you're going to get there. And that's, I truly believe that. And that comes through all of your, your motivation to compete and like, you know what I mean? And be yeah. better and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I, 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 I self-deprecate a lot with this, but I, I feel like I, sometimes I can be a big loser. And what I mean by that is like, I'm 37. And if a high school kid calls me out at one of my skates, I'm, I, it's go time, buddy. Like, I'm not, like, okay, man, I'm 37. You're 18. Like, I'll do it. Like, what I'm in. Like, that's a, like, I call myself a loser over because, like, I'm 37. I should be pulling back. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, a good, that reminds me of a good coach that my, uh, uh, a good quote my coach had this year, Jean Guy Trudel. And he yeah. said, he said, it's easier to reel them in than rile them up. Yep. Right. So it, it, from a coaching perspective, I can totally understand that. Cause yeah, I mean, you'd love to have the kid that has almost too much energy versus the, the lazy one that doesn't want to do anything. Right. And that goes with the over competitive one, yep. you know, cause I feel that man, I, I don't know how much more uh, drop-ins or men's <laughs> leagues I have, honestly. Uh, it's my time is numbered for sure, you know? Right. So. Uh, I know. I know. Sometimes when I, we're running our camps, and I come out with my shin pads on, and the kids are like, "Oh God, here he is again." Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "No, we're gonna do this. Like, you know, you gotta talk. Like, you know, back yeah. it up." And they're like, "Dude, like, coach, you're like 37. Like, are you gonna hurt you?" And I was like, "Really? Like, we're gonna do this then?" And like, and they're like, and then like, and I will tell you what, I it's this is this is the this is the bad part of me, but I'm like, there's no way I'm letting those kids win. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. The competitive side to me, I'm like. I will trip, hook, pull. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm winning that one-on-one game. I'm winning that battle drill. Oh, I'm yeah. like, you're not coming out of the corner on me, dude. No. Like, and then afterwards, you're like, you cheated. You did this, and I'm like, of course I did. I'm like, of course I, <laughs> yeah. I understand that more in my older age, and, and, and that's why I'm just going to avoid it because I yeah. know, like, if I show up, especially in Seattle, there's not really like a ton of hockey or, or you know, yep. around players, right? So. I, I mostly just try to avoid it and stick to my, my, uh, we have a private session that we run with yeah. that everyone's in Seattle, uh, that plays like junior D3 or college or anything like that. So that's the things I love. I love like, yeah, I, I love competitive players because like, yeah. you know, like you, you can't teach it. Like it's one of those uh, things you can, you can, I mean, I think of that you can always teach something. I always feel to say you can't teach. It's very, it's not a, you know, correct thing. You can teach but like you said, like you love that competitive kid, right? That competitive player. You love playing on lines with like I remember my some of my 
some of my best line mates have been guys that maybe weren't the most talented, but man, their compete level was high. Yeah. And they, like you knew what they were gonna do. And like with their level, their compete level so high, it brings your compete level up and Absolutely. it teaches you how to, you know, be a better player. And and that's the thing is like, I mean, my compete level's there. Uh it's it's too much there. I mean, we put um <laughs> you know who Burger, you know, Matt Burger is and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So Burger and we have a few guys, we would do these three on three games at, at the rink on rink C on our studio rink. And it's just a bunch of guys having a good time. That's that's how it, it's, it was supposed to be. Supposed to be yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then after you know you, you play a best of three series or best of, and then you know by middle of game one things have just gone off off the hinges. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I mean it's it, and that's the thing I love about it is the guys we have. It's like we're we're, we're friends before we're not friends. We're we're friends for like the first few minutes of the first game <laughs> until. Until somebody scores or something, and yeah. it's somebody's down two nothing, and yeah. it up a little bit, right? Yeah. And then you're just angry, right? You're like, okay, it's go time. And then yeah. next thing you know, yeah. like, you're you're talking like it takes you a few minutes in the locker room to finally say something to each other because you're like, <laughs> you're like <laughs> and, for sure. And that's the thing I love about hockey players is that you know at the end of the day we can always be friends and things like that. But that's a, you brought up a great point. It's it's easier to reel them in to rile them up, man, because yeah. when you get like you love seeing that kid. Like I love that passion in kids where you lose a game and the kid is just he's like he's mad, right? Yeah. But he's mad in a uh a a positive way, in a productive way. He's not yelling at his teammates, right? He's right. he's visibly upset, but he's also when you say what's wrong, he can give you an answer of like, you know, I just I should have done this or I should have done that. And then it's like, okay, but is he learning from why he's mad or is he just being mad to be mad, right? And I think so, there's a different yeah. What I think about guys like that now too, I'm like, I, I want to desperately get them, you know, obviously the ones that are willing, but uh, something I wish I would have done starting sooner is just, you know, uh, I guess I don't, I'm not really sure how to say, but yeah, just f following that mental training and, and a lot of guys, you know, they hear that and they just, they're going to scroll through and keep going here or whatever. Mm -hmm. But cause it, it is something hard that you can't, it's different for everyone. I think yeah. the, like the mental side of it. Um, and I'm starting to learn how, more and more just by going through it, obviously that everything is connected. Everything that you're doing is connected to actually how you're playing too. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, when I see a kid like that now start, you know, started, I haven't done any coaching for a while because everything's been shut down. But now when I get back into it and I see somebody like that, I'm going to feel more inclined to go down a coaching path with them on, <laughs> on the mental side, you yep. know, let's control this. Cause I've been a bit of a loose cannon at times. Uh, it, you know, it, it was when I was frustrated and it, and it's still now, if I don't like how the game is going, if I don't like my role at the time, well, I'm just going to fight somebody, especially yeah. if they challenge me or something like that. And like I said, I want to get away from that. Yeah. And that's something that I'm working on every single day with mental stuff and, and a coach, you know, and we're going through that. And um, I, I, I think a lot of guys will just blow it. I, I kind of blew it off for, for a few years, you know, but, mm -hmm. NFL quarterbacks have, you know, these mental training coaches now, yeah. you know, so if they're going to do it and they have all this, you know, they have every resource, you know, available to them. So if they're, if they're going through that, I'm pretty sure, you know, Joey, that's 12, that's a little bit too mad. He, he could pull from this. Yes. Nothing, right. You know, so, um, so that's something that I haven't really introduced much of with my, I don't do camps anymore, but just on one lessons, I haven't really introduced that with a lot of my players, but, this summer when things open back up, it's definitely something that I want to pass on that's been passed on to me and, and just the importance of it. So you bring up, you know, coaching and camps and things like that. What is one thing that's helped you as a 
player from coaching, like as far as learning and, and, and yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe a different one than other people would say is when I was when I couldn't play at all, I was still coaching, and that meant that I was you know doing lessons for four hours a day, and a lot of times that means stick handling and demonstrating the drill. And then when the player's resting, no one says that you can't do the drill that he's doing too, you yeah. know, right? So um, that that has been helpful, man. I, I stayed with my hands. I stayed on my edges because I'm, I'm coaching. So now I'm actually having to do most of the drills and, and working on those fundamental basics that maybe I wouldn't have done on my own, but yeah. now I'm being forced to demonstrate the drill. And that's why I love doing it so much too, because I mean it's 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 double sided. You and the in the in the and the student are both getting better at the same time. I'm learning stuff all the time and still from the kids, you know, too. So um, it's it's been good, man. It's a good it's a good little thing to do and, and kinda I know a lot of guys do it to stay in shape. Like they'll just be a goalie coach in the summer, right? And that's how they kind of just stay on their blades until, you know, July or August, you know, runs around and then they start getting back on the ice and getting after it. So it's one thing I always tell coaches to do uh, when they demo when they're doing a drill they get done with it is <clears throat> once a you know once a practice go to a player and have them and say to them hey do you have any like give me a question you have on the drill about something about the drill right and you know some coaches look at me like why would I do that like why would I ask a player to ask me a question like one it creates a good bond you know you're getting a kid to talk about it yeah the thing that it helps the coaches is like if they give a player that asks you a question like well why are we turning on our inside edge here and why are your hand or your by your hand placement here for you to be able to verbalize the answer to know that that player can understand it mm-hmm. like you'd be shocked but how much you're like oh yeah it makes you know it, 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 you might know it but you've never thought about it so then yeah. when he asks you the question you have to go oh yeah why do i put my hand yeah. right there in this situation or why do i do that well actually i do it because of this and then you're mm-hmm. and, then, and then you go home that day and you're like okay wait a second did i just unlock something here you know right well, that's the other thing too is I've I've had our kids ask me questions and I'm like and I want to give them the well the you know the proverbial because the way it's, it's the way we've always done it like what yeah. do you mean like but then all of a sudden you, you go like a kid will say something to you like well why do you cross your hands over like this when you turn and you're like right and he's I'm like well what do you mean and he he's like well when I do it my hands get in my way and I can't pass the puck or something I'm like wait uh-huh. hold on I'm like you're <laughs> right like why would it, like and the See. kids like and you're sitting there like going like in your head you're going why would why would I teach that? Like the kid's totally right. I'm wrong. Like and <laughs> yeah. you to like, and it's a simple question. And the, and the funny thing is it could be a six year old asking you these questions. It's like, and you're For like, sure, Oh, man. duh. Like, For so. sure. And that's why I love working with kids, honestly, because to a certain extent they haven't been, I guess, corrupted by yeah. the whole society and world yet. And so the younger they are that five, six, seven year, they're going to say some things that are going to make you think every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. It's not going to be all the time. And they're going to say a lot of stuff where you're just going to be like, oh, my God, really? Like, yeah. But yeah, I know that that you're not informing me of anything. Right. Yeah. But then they're going to say something and you're going to be like, it's going to shift your whole sort of. So, yeah, that's what I enjoy about it, because, yes, oftentimes they they haven't been, you know, too corrupted yet. So they're they're just innocent and they're just loving. And yeah. you know, it's that's all it is, man. And and I, we had a blast at your camp. I, I miss that. Honestly, the uh, the championship day at the end, dude. Yeah. So I've never, I haven't, I don't know if I've sallied that hard on a bench when like my team like scored to tie it up or I don't remember what it was. Right. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We have some good times at our camps. We sure do. Um, last question for you. We ask it to all of our instru- uh, people that come on is go back to a 12, 13 year old you and give yourself one piece of advice. 
I think that I think it would have to be that that mental side of it. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, you can make your body, you know, as as, as good as you want it to, but uh, the guys that stick, especially at the higher levels, are the ones that have that stronger mentality and, and just have those tools, uh, just on how to think, you know, every second of the day, you know. Mm-hmm um because that all starts to affect you know everything on the ice and your decision making and and how fast you can process so i think that would definitely be it but then i would also say just relax because enjoy the ride a little bit because i definitely was you know i just was so focused on getting to where it was that you know that for me personally i would just say hey man it's okay you're you're gonna you know accomplish some of those goals you know right just relax have fun it's a long journey man like you're gonna play for a long time yeah. But hey, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was an awesome interview. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy we got to reconnect and, and talk about some of this. Um, you know, I just want to tell you too, like just, you know, you, you probably don't realize it, but it's like one of the things about social media and things like that, where people still follow you from afar. They still like, I mean, I still, I, every time you had a Facebook post come through, I was like, hey, where's he at? Like, and I'm like, oh, nice. You know, like, you know, I, and, it's, and it shows, and it's one of the things I've always been impressed with you is the way you've been persevering through each step along your journey, you know, and I know I watched your uh, video. I think it was one one of the news stations you did around the end of the year, like to welcome your season. And I was like, Hey, there like, yeah, like, right, man. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, man. That, that means a lot. Honestly, yeah. it does. Uh, when I was going through all those times and a kid, I, I, I would look up to, to, to people like Russell Wilson yeah. and how they would, you know, share their story of perseverance too. And, and so if I can help, one person like that, man, that's, yeah. that, I got chills thinking about you saying that. So yeah. I, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I just want to say thanks for coming on again. Uh, guys, next week we have some great interviews. Remember to check back on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon on Facebook Live. Skyler, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I really do appreciate it. Uh, do you oh, yeah. Anything to add? Thanks for having, no, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's been great to ch- catch up to you again. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, if you want something, go after it, fellas. It's, it's awesome. there for the taking. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Stay safe, stay home, have a good time.